What does it look like to demonstrate your faith? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hero of the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you explore the big story and big truths of scripture. I'm Aaron Armstrong, and with me, as always, is Brian Dembozik. So, Brian, today we are in Hebrews again, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, we are jumping to Hebrews 11, uh, the Hall of Faith. If uh, anybody who's even remotely familiar with the book of Hebrews, this is probably what they know of. Um, last episode, we kind of talked about the chapters preceding this, the big arc of the argument of Hebrews, that Jesus is greater. And in here, the writer has has kind of changed directions and is really from, you know, in this section, second area of, of the book, is really just camping out on this idea of, of what does it faith look like to have faith? And persevering faith is, is so important because, remember the context, this letter is probably being written mm-hmm. to people who are thinking about quitting on Jesus. <laughs> and so this idea of, no, faith perseveres, and we're going to see a lot of people, as you read Hebrews 11, suffered adversity, hardships, um, but they didn't give up. They didn't quit. And so this idea really is going to resonate with the original reader. It, it should resonate with us as well in terms of just cling to faith, hold on to that faith. Um, you're not the first. You're not the last. Just keep on keeping on. There's a fair bit to bounce around in here. We're not going to read the whole thing today, so but we are going to we are going to as we go along, we'll read at least a couple of passages from this book. Um, and one of those, it really it comes into the first question that we should be asking um, when we are reading and studying Hebrews 11 and 12. Uh, which is which comes right out of the first two verses in 11. The question is, is what is faith? And it says in Hebrews 11, now faith is the reality of what is hoped for and the proof of what is not seen. For by this, our ancestors were approved. So that's verses one and two. So we see a couple of key things here. Um, the first is this word reality. So it is rooted in something that is definitive. And so that's something that truly does exist. It's not a pie in the sky, wishful thinking, uh, blind faith type of deal. It is something that is, it is rooted in something real. That is really, really important because so often, so often faith in particularly faith in Jesus um, I've, I've noticed it doesn't tend to be applied to anything or anything else, anyone else but faith in Jesus. Um, and maybe that's just because of a cultural thing here. Um, but um, faith in Jesus is tended by the more cynical among Amer- um, North Americans and Westerners as being a crutch for weak people who can't, you know, who need... Yeah who needs something to help them make sense of a cruel and callous world. Um, but that's not what, it, that's not what it, what the Bible even describes it as. It is faith that is, it is faith in the promises of God as fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus. And that's the whole, that's the whole thrust of the narrative of scripture. Really? 
And so yep. we, so now we have faith having not personally witnessed those events, but we have the proof of those events in scripture and just, and you know, there's a whole line of argument that can, that you can go down there. That is, um, you know, that is this question of, well, how can you, how can you rely on those? And it's like, well, how can you rely on the history books that you learn from? <laughs> there's a, there is yep. a degree of faith <laughs> that, that comes into that no matter what. Um, you can also make the argument that the same is true of chairs. I know, Brian, you don't sit on chairs when you're working because you have a standing desk. But um, so on your standing desk, though, you have faith that it's not going to fall apart on you. That's right. I'm leaning on the standing desk right now, go. and I put uh, I placed faith in it. <laughs> so while our faith is not while our faith is rooted in reality, um, there is there is there it is worth saying that we do not have 100% of all the evidence that we would need. Um, if we had all of that, then we, that it wouldn't be called faith. It would just be called this. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and people, people would still deny, deny Jesus, Jesus, by the way, when he was right in front of them. Exactly. And so exactly. our, so another way to describe faith is this. Um, it is a hope that is pregnant with assurance. And so it is, so there's a, there is a, a confidence, a rootedness, a groundedness to it. Um, yeah. Again, hope, uh, faith is not wish. So yeah. that's, that's the first thing that we need to get out, off the table. That's good. And, and we'll come back to faith in a minute because we're going to see it exercised, but let me just do a quick survey of the bulk of this chapter. And again, we're not going to read it. I wish we could it's it's fascinating stuff. Uh, it's much more interesting. It, than it us, really is. So. Um, but let me just kind of do a survey of a few people, um, really that stand out as as I read this. Um, and and you might have some others that you feel free to add, of course, or those listening may have their own. But it, some of these names, as you come across this, think of the Hall of Faith, and think, all right, these, this would be the best of the best, right? These are the most faithful. And some names just kind of are a little bit jarring, a little bit shocking even, um, or just interesting. So let me just kind of hit a few of these high notes um, as a sample. So the first one I see is, is Enoch in verse 5, not because I'm shocked he's there, but he's just so interesting. Um, Enoch, mm -hmm. we uh, know, along with Elijah, were was one of the only two people um, who did not die. They were taken to heaven in incredible ways. Uh, Enoch is listed in Genesis chapter 5 in this genealogy. And the genealogy really is strong evidence of um, God's truthfulness that rebellion leads to death because the cadence of that, if you read it out loud, and remember the, the Bible originally was kind of communicated orally before it was written down, and so you think about this, the oral tradition, this being spoken. And if you read this out loud, you can hear this cadence of, then he died, then he died, then he died. And it's this exclamation mark of God, what did God say? If you eat of the tree, you will die. And so Genesis 5 is this, God is true. God is true. But then Enoch breaks the cadence because then you get to Enoch and you read, Enoch walked, walked with God, then he was not there because God took him. And so that cadence is broken. 
the then he died is not there. Why? What does this tell us? Well, it tells us there's hope. There's an escape from death, but not by anything we might do, but by the work of God. And of course, this is going to point toward Christ and his work. So Enoch is the first one there. His faith is there. Um, he's praised rightly. But again, that, that story underneath what was happening with him is so compelling. Then I see Sarah in verse 11, and she's a little bit surprising because you think about it, when God promised that they would have a son, Abraham and Sarah, she took a long time to believe. She laughed at first, which is why Isaac is named Isaac. Uh, she had the alternate plan with, <laughs> with another, uh, with Hagar and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so seeing Sarah included here is a little bit surprising, but she came around in time. And so she's credited with her faith, even though it was slow to develop. And so let's find comfort in that, because a lot mm-hmm. of times our, our faith is slow to develop as well. Then you have, speaking of Abraham and Isaac, they are listed in verses 17 through 19. And of course, Abraham's faith that God would resurrect Isaac from the dead if God so chose. Really important commentary to understand what happened back in Genesis with that account. Uh, Joseph is there, uh, verse 22. And it's not really in the faith that he developed through his ordeals, which we would expect. You know, you, you mm-hmm. read the account of, of Joseph and you're just like, okay, when he's able to tell his brothers, look, what you intended for evil, God meant for good. And for him to understand God was behind his really difficult lifestyle. That's what I expect. But that's not what I'm given here. In verse 22, he's praised for the faith that God's people would return to the promised land and bury his bones there. Which again is faith mm-hmm. that God was, he was true about giving the land to Abraham and his family. Joseph knew that that would happen one day and is credited for that. Rahab, verse 31, again, not because the faith she demonstrated, it was amazing faith that she knew Israel would win the battle, but because she's a Gentile. And uh, yeah. so her inclusion in this hall of faith. Samson, verse 32, he's the one that just is the most out of place. Uh, he is just, you know, I find trouble to find anything redeeming about him. And that's intended. I mean, he and, he and Gideon both being there is on a, are a little hard for me. I'll be honest because we, yeah, well at least Gideon came through and actually obeyed though. Yeah. But then he turned into an idolater. He did at the end of his life. He did. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a good warning tale of us to finish strong. Yeah. But Samson, you look at his life, it's like, what in the world is redeeming? What faith did he... And I still don't know. <laughs> um, but he's here. It was the very end. That's the, that's the it, only time it, we see him truly yeah. exercise faith is... But even that faith was self-directed. Well, sure. But it was still like... It, it was still... There's still at least... There must have been enough yeah. of a, like, a recognition exactly. of his rebelliousness against God, his selfishness, that he's like, let me do the thing that I was meant to do one last time. That's a a very possible interpretation of it that is very generous. It's certainly a generous one. It is Um, generous. And and it it could be very right. Um, I just, I have trouble with Samson. And then the last thing I I want to mention is verse 38. Just this summary is, as the writer just... Really, I just sense as he's writing, he's just like, man, I'm just, I'm amazed by these people. Yeah, I'm humbled by these people. 
And then he just says, and let me just tell you, there's so many more. And let me tell you about the things that happened to them. And he talks about martyrdoms and so forth. And in verse 30, he says, the world was not worthy of these heroes of the faith. Mm-hmm. And you just have to think, how much less worthy is the world of Christ then? Yeah. If the world is not worthy of these image bearers that imitate Christ imperfectly but well, how much less worthy was the world of Christ? It's only by God's grace that we have been given this list of heroes. Mm-hmm. And it's only by God's grace, of course, that we were given Christ. So yeah. interesting, again, as you read through uh, that hall of faith, just the names that kind of stand out. Yeah. And I, I first, I just want to say, I appreciate you um, not going with all of the most obvious ones like Noah and and Moses and 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 all of this. Uh, but there are a couple of things here too that it's like um, uh, Barack is also in there as well, yeah. and he's su- that one's super important because we dunk on him so bad, we <laughs> treat him so poorly in Judges when the text does not. It is not te- treating him as a goober for wanting Deborah to go with him. Um, it's he wanted God's presence <laughs> and she is the prophetess was was the sim was basically yeah. the 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 symbol of that for him. Um, uh, hopefully that doesn't sound like heresy. And if it is, don't. Even <laughs> um, <laughs> let's let's have our, our regular scheduled caveat. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. But no, no uh, heresy intended. No. But I mean, there's a couple of key things here that it's like. It's really important that Abraham is mentioned twice in the list. Yeah. He's he's called out two separate times for distinct acts of faith. The first being uh, the first being actually that he went to this land at all. Yeah. That he didn't know where he was going but he believed and he followed. And the second his willingness to obey God in such a bizarre act of, of uh, such a bizarre, bizarre command of sacrificing his son, but believing that God had the power to raise, to raise him from the dead. The thing, these are the things that make these passages that seem um, either contradictory or just so strange that we don't know what to do with them. These are the things that make them make sense. Um, Yeah. But, I think it's really telling as well that um, when we get into this list that's in 30, you know, really after mentioning Gideon and Barak and Jepheth and David just gets like a quick mention and Samuel (laughs) gets a a quick shout out. And then the prophets are blanketed as like all of them. Um, (laughs) It's Gilligan's Island and the rest. Pretty much. Yeah. The, the, the opening song was going too long, so yes. the writer of Hebrews said, all right, I got to just wrap this up, and yes. the rest. And then they changed it to The Professor and Marianne, and, yeah. uh, you know, it just didn't, it, it again, threw off the rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this in, when we were talking, we've been talking about this, when we've been looking at uh, Prophet, Priest, and King, and Jesus, yeah. but, um, and that may happen because I don't remember when episodes come out anymore um, that we, you may, this may be us looking in the future and making fun of something uh, that we've done. But if not, then it'll make complete very sense. back to the future moment of us. Or is it, is it faith in something that we Ooh. <laughs> confident expectation? Mm, there we go. There we go. Um, 
but I, I love the fact that it's like the ones of whom the world was not worthy are people who don't get a name. Yeah. That's really important that it's like focus at, for ourselves to focus way less on whether or not we have a platform, whether if we're pastors, whether or not we have um, a, a large attendance number, um, whatever those whatever those metrics that we like to use for ourselves um, um, that that are really ultimately they're not bad things necessarily, but they're not they're not what actually defines success in in God's view and yeah. God's economy. All right. Any other questions we need to ask about this? There is one. There is one. At least one. But for our purposes, there's one, which is what does faith look like, exercised look like? So how do, what does, what is, what does it look like to demonstrate your faith? The question we let off this episode with. Um, and we get a clue into that in verse, in verses one and two of Hebrews 12. So it says, therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us. So that's referring, that's referring in part to all of those folks who were mentioned in the you know in the hall of faith but there there may well be some something more significant there in addition say like you know heavenly beings <laughs> um but since we have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us let us run with endurance the race that lies before us keeping our eyes on jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith for the joy that lay before him he endured the cross despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of god I love that part in verse two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I really, this is actually the first time I've really stopped and really dialed in on how the CSB translates, um, translates verse two with the pioneer and perfecter of our faith as opposed yeah. to, uh, sometimes you'll, you'll see the author and finisher, um, and, and stuff like that. But it's like, there is, um, but that idea of pioneering and perfecting is really is really beautiful and fits the narrative so well that it's like yeah I I haven't read this in a while but I'm pretty sure that Greek word that's translating here as pioneer it has this it's a hard to translate one which mm -hmm. is why we see it differently but it carries that 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 idea of going before yeah. of blazing a path yeah he's the trailblazer so yeah and and we see that all throughout his throughout his earthly ministry, he is the one who shows us what a pure and unhindered life of faith looks like in a way that no one else could, a way that all of the other people who are commended, including that great list of unknown people of whom the world is not worthy, um, they are commended for their imperfect faith. Yeah, but how much more Jesus with it, with his his perfect faith, and so and to be the one who perfects our faith as well um, through his death and resurrection, um, and through sending his Spirit to 
indwell us and ultimately will purify us entirely when he returns. Um, and so just this idea of, so what then does it look like to exercise our faith? What does it look like to demonstrate it? It's like, well, faith, we have to remember a few things. Faith compels us to set aside, reject, jettison, throw away, set on fire, whatever you need to do, um, anything that impedes us. Um, don't maybe don't do property damage. Let's, let's, you know, we'll draw a line somewhere, (laughs) but, um, you know, there, there's a reason that Jesus said, you know, if your if your eye causes you to sin, get rid of it. Um, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. He's being metaphorical, of course, or fig- he's using figurative language there, but it's like there's an extreme, like there should be an extreme reaction to yeah. the temptation to sin in our in our lives, and this is this is what this is calling us to to remember. Um, so we get we we set aside anything that that impedes our ability. So for some of you guys. That means you need to delete your Twitter account right now. For some, it means you need to delete any any and every other form of social media you have right yeah. now. Um, for some, it means that there are probably actually some friendships that maybe need to end. Which I, I hate saying stuff like that because... Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, uh, there are, you know, there's the whole, the whole thing of the reality of, well, you know, we want to be friends with, we want to be friends with, uh, non-Christians. We want to be able to, so that we can actually, you know, lead people to Christ. Um, very real, very real and good motive, but think about, okay, who are the people who are leading you into sin through their example? And I will say some of those are professing Christians. Yeah. It's it's ungodly relationships. Yes, that's the key. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I don't want anybody mishearing, and I think you you just explained it really well. But just to double down on being clear, this this is not to say that we should only be friends with believers. Um, no, we should be friends with unbelievers, but it's for us to pull them up toward the beauty of the gospel, not for them to pull us away. And so there are times that we may look at a relationship and say, no, this this is an ungodly relationship that just brings me into sin. Yeah. And, and I've got to sever this for my good, for the other person's good. Um, so, yeah. 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 And so that applies to relationships. Like we said, it also applies to, like, I made fun of social media. It applies to that, of course. Um, it implies to the media that we consume in general. Um, and so... It, 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 career, potentially. Yes. Um, really, yes. there's nothing here. Well, all you have to do is, and this is... The bad things, it's easy. Okay, you're talking about ungodly friendships and so forth. Okay, I get that. I'm looking at stuff online that I should not be looking at. Okay, I get that. Um, I'm, I become a jerk face on Twitter. Okay. Um, but it's also there are good things. Some good things even can prevent us from chasing after Christ. And so sometimes we have to prune those things as well. And, it, and let me just say as well, I just use the phrase jerk face. Let's not be jerk faces as we do these things. And and I'm glad that you said that it, that it involves pruning things like pruning good things because I mean I think about um I think about the context in and specifically with work. I think about the context that we work in. We work for a we work in a Christian ministry context. 
um, not everyone who is a believer is what is wired to be able to do that because there is a weird thing that happens when your work and your faith get intertwined um, yeah. the way that it necessarily does when you're vocationally in ministry, whether that's in a church or an or a supporting ministry. But those things aren't bad things. They're just not good things for everybody, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and this is where the faith comes in. We have to have faith that God has a better plan. So if we're thinking, all right, I making up something, you know, suppose I have a regular golf outing. I go golfing with three or four, three or four of us every week, and it's good. There's nothing ungodly about it. Uh, but then I look and think, wait a minute, the time that it's invest that I'm investing in that, I could better use in another way. And God just convicts me. The Holy Spirit just convicts me of this. Mm-hmm. It's faith then that compels me to go to those three friends and say, guys, I, let me just explain. I'm not rejecting you, <laughs> um, but here's what God's putting on my heart. I think I need to stop doing this to do something better. Mm-hmm. That's, take, that's an act of faith. Yes, I'm believing, I'm trusting in God that he's got something better. And then if I obey, if I follow his leading, I'm going to experience something better in my life, more importantly, find a way to bring him more glory. Yeah. So there's faith involved in this. Yes. So that was just us talking about the first the first of four things when it comes around exercising our faith. So that's jettisoning things that impede us. The second... All right, you're telling me be quiet so you can finish the list. Okay, go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm telling myself that, that I want to actually get us to this <laughs> list. But um, but you can see that there's a reason that, we, that we've tried to make sure that we're... we're um, protecting a, a large amount of our time to talk about this um, because faith um, compels us to jettison what impedes us, but it also fuels our endurance. So, and so if anyone tells you that a life of faith in Jesus is easy, uh, there there's, I've got some magic beans for you. <laughs> Do you really? Yes. Yes, um, and you can have them for only ninety nine ninety five. Sweet, um, is that Canadian or U.S.? Uh, it's absolutely Canadian. It might be Bitcoin right okay. now, so that seems right. to be worth quite go. a bit. But anyway, um, <laughs> but I mean, here's the thing: is is that that faith in Christ is not an easy thing. Um, it's not supposed to be an easy thing. It wasn't easy for Jesus to to live in this world as the God-man, it wasn't easy for any of the disciples throughout history. It's not going to be easy for us now. And so to, to set aside things that impede us, to live faithfully, um, we need our faith to fuel our endurance. And it does that by always remembering the object of our faith. Jesus. And so that's why, that's why in verse two, it says, keep our eyes on Jesus. Run the race with it, uh, run with endurance, the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus. Jesus is the prize. Jesus yeah. is the object. He is the reason that we have faith at all. <laughs> and we have faith because he endured, because he went to the cross because he died for us and that he wrote and he rose again and he now sits at the right hand of God. And so 
all of that comes together that ultimately we we seek to live according to his example so we want so we fix our eyes on him we look toward him we endure because of him and we endure seeking to live a life modeled after his yeah imperfectly of course because we are not him but we let the pioneer per, uh, perfect us as we go. Yeah, that's good. Which kind of takes us to um, the guidance uh, that this passage offers us. And I'm just going to piggyback on what you were just sharing. Um, because while we do live in imitation of Christ, as you were describing, imperfectly, and, and by the way, to be clear, this, of course, is not imitating his acts of salvation, of course. He, him laying down his life to provide redemption of sin. We, can't, we cannot imitate that. We should not. Uh, but it is his, the way he lived as the perfect human. We know that Hebrews earlier says that Jesus is the perfect representation of God because he is God. Mm-hmm. So he's the perfect image bearer. So we as image bearers imitate him in that regard. What, how do we know what it's best to look like to live as, as mirrors of God himself, as, as images of him? We image God best when we image Christ, because he is. So we think about Christ's love. We think about his humility, Philippians 2. These things are what we should be striving to imitate in our context. And we don't imitate is not to do exactly what Jesus did in his context. We bring it into our context. So while that is primary... We have to be careful, and many of us in the gospel-centered camp make this mistake. We, we've thrown out the proverbial baby with the bathwater, that we are so averse to moralism. We are so prone to keep everything Jesus-focused, we forget that God has given us and designed for us to have these other examples, these heroes that we can learn from and emulate when they were successful in imaging Christ. So we see, how did these image bearers do in imitating um, God and, and being obedient and their faith? And we can learn from that. So yes, Jesus is ultimate, but we also should learn from these. So when it comes to us as believers today, trying to understand what does my faith expressed in my context look like? And it's unique, it's different. We have to improvise in a lot of ways. So where do we draw material from to know our part to play, our role that we play in our context? Well, we we draw from Scripture, we draw from Jesus, but we also draw from the other saints, those in Scripture and also those after. You think about the church fathers, for example. Think about other heroes of the faith. Think about some people in our churches who've been walking with Christ and that we can learn from. There's nothing at all wrong. We should be looking to them and saying, I, I want to, I see patterns in your life that are right. Mm-hmm. I see how you imitate rightly, imitate Christ rightly. And I want to imitate that, you know, one generation removed, if you will. I'm imitating you because you're imitating Christ. Therefore, I'm imitating Christ. So we need to recognize that it is right and fitting for us to read this hall of faith not simply just to see Jesus and be done. We ultimately see Jesus, but we also see how the, what we can learn from these heroes themselves. Yeah. Yeah. 
Brian, how about you take it home with one with one more okay. bit of guidance? Um, I think the the last thing is kind of the on on the nose. This this passage also gives us this challenge and this encouragement to live in faith. And so as we're discipling others, um, we can't miss this. We it's easy for this one to do. It sounds odd. How can you read through teach the hall of faith? And not walk away saying, let's be faithful, because there's so much minutia we can get into. This list, as we as we do a little bit, you can start chasing down things. Let's learn about Enoch. Let's, you know, what's going on here? And we can miss it. Yeah. So as we're looking at this, don't miss the big idea here that this whole chapter and into chapter two is this just this this reminder. Don't give up. Be faithful. Live in faith. And so as we are trying to do that. And we need to remember those that we're discipling to come along and encourage them and and build into them so that we all can finish this race strong with our eyes fixed on Christ, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Man, that is a good point to end on. So uh, thanks for chatting about this today, Brian. And uh, thank you all for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.